This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to Out of the Blue from Maize and Brew, part of the Fan First Sports Network, a Michigan sports podcast shepherded by men of taste, men of class, and men with nothing better to do on their Monday nights. I am Jared Stormer of maizeandbrew.com. With me, as always, is Andy Bailey, my hetero life mate. Andy, you traveling bard, unleash your banshee's wail and sing me a song of complex zone blocking schemes. How the hell are you, brother? I'm good, man. You know, recovering from the weekend, got uh, after a little too much, drowned my sorrows, celebrated my victories. You know the usual. Yeah, we're uh, we're in the same boat on this one. We uh, didn't need to do what we did on Saturday. We didn't need to be gluttons, but we were. And uh, we still show up for work on Monday night because we're champions, and that's what champions do. We've got a fun podcast for you. We've got Michael Smeltzer coming on over from the Big House Bleachers pod. That's a really fun discussion. We're going to talk some stats. Let's do some quick hits, though. These are, uh, you know, it's a mixed bag, as it often is with with our quick hits. Let's start with the bad, then we'll get to the good. The bad is Michigan made it about uh, 30 minutes into the Big Ten tournament before they decided they didn't want to be there. Lost to Rutgers. It's now NIT bound versus Toledo. This is an unfortunate way to see the season ended, but we kind of saw this coming a few weeks ago. I think it was just the whimper they went out in. It wasn't a blaze of glory. It was Hunter Dickinson doing everything he could and everybody else really hoping Hunter Dickinson could do everything he could and more to win this game because there's not a lot of help. It was perhaps the worst Jet Howard game of the season. Kobe Bufkin still looked rattled from the collapse uh, in the last game with the overtime where he passed up the shot against Indiana. Uh, rotations were weird. Terrace Reed was strange. It was just a bad, bad, flat performance in the most important game of the season. Terrace Reed played an awful game. Jed Howard, Kobe Bufkin, all the young guys that we had been praising looked like young guys in this one. I don't know if it was the moment was too big. I don't know if they had been asked to do too much all season long, but not their best performance. And you're right, man, just to go out with a whimper like that and not put your best foot forward. The only one that looked like they wanted to be there was Hunter Dickinson. And yeah, I mean, I I think you and I are both clearly in the camp of you accept the NIT tournament invite. You get those reps. Some people think we're above that. I think that's kind of ludicrous. You're not above playing competitive basketball and getting reps for young players, but just expected more. And if we do, in fact, have three NBA players on this team currently, it's going to look really bad in, in hindsight as well. It is. And of course you accept the NIT bid. Like get these reps, prepare for next year. If there's competitive basketball to be played and you have an opportunity, seize the moment. Go win it. Like, I mean, we you and I talk about being competitive all the time. We're competitive over just dumb things. Like, you think I'm gonna sit around here and lose phase 10 to my father-in-law? Are you kidding me? No way, old man. This is my house now. Uh, so it's just you have the opportunity, take it. Like you're playing Toledo, you can really get some valuable reps here, really progress, and kind of just, you know put a better end to your season than the last collapse we just witnessed. 
Look, I literally poisoned my grandfather over a game of Boggle. You think that I'm not competitive? I don't care. I'm coming out there to win, baby. He's fine now. He recovered. He recovered. It was it was not a big deal. But yeah, I man. heckle children's soccer games. Like, I do this. That's what I'm doing after we get done recording. I'm going to a children's soccer game, and I'm going to pick a fight with an adult in the stands. That's just how it is. I care. It means something to me, man. It means something to me. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you, man. You take the NIT and, you know, you just see what you can get out of it. Hopefully, you know, obviously we saw against Rutgers that both Jet and Kobe clearly need some more reps. They need more development. They need to understand the moment a little bit more. So yeah, being in a tournament setting will be good for them. I don't know how much we're going to dive in and cover it. You know, we'll talk about it a little bit, but probably won't be much more than quick hits. But what does this mean big picture for Michigan basketball? If you had to call your shot, who's coming back next year? Uh, I think it's foolish to assume all three come back. If I had to call my shot, I think we get one of the three back. Like I, I'm optimistic potentially two, but if I'm going to bank it on something, I think only one of the three come back. I'm not quite sure who it is. I feel like Jet is gone completely. I don't think there's a chance to get that. I feel like it's either Buffkin or Hunter that come back and perhaps the duo. Yeah, that's what I was leaning. I will say two of the three. If I had to call my shot, I'll say Buffkin and Hunter Dickinson come back. Dickinson did probably work his way into a second round discussion. 43% from three this year. That's kind of what you wanted to see. The volume went up as well. Defense improved. So, yeah, I think that could be a second round player. I haven't seen him in any of the mocks yet, but as it gets a little closer, people dig a little deeper. I think he'll make it, but I think he'll come back for one more. I do. I think that with the NIL stuff, and I think Buffkin will come back, but Jet Howard is probably gone. Uh, the NIT tournament can help regain some of the position that he lost. I saw him going as high as eight. Now he's more like 18. So we'll see what he can do with uh, you know an NIT run, how he does in some of these interviews, but I think he's probably gone as well. But then again, he's also the coach's son and his brother's there. You know, so he would be one that there's all this off the court stuff and reasons to come back. So it is fascinating, but I, I agree that at most two out of three, I'm kind of with you there. Yeah, there's a lot of different factors. Like Jet's more complex than just your typical one and done because, like you said, his dad, his brother's there, family's there, has all this support. And also, like entering the game, you saw him in the mocks, like already falling to 18, and like at one right before the game, he was in the 20 to 25 range, and then he just laid that egg of an awful game, and it's like you could really benefit from coming back and developing. We see it all the time with players that leave too early and then they're just kind of stuck in G League like purgatory for a little bit as they're figuring it out. It's like, do you want to go play in front of five fans every night in like Tucson? Or do you want to stay here, be the man, who have the NIL money now, so there's a lot more like opportunities to put a little cash in your pocket while you're playing ball here. So I just think it could really benefit all three of them if they return, but I'd be shocked if the trio comes back. Yeah, so I mean, if you do fall to like 18, you're getting picked up by somebody that's in playoff contention. Maybe you get lucky and it's like Golden State Warriors or something like that. But it could just be like you're playing for the Pelicans and you're just kind of getting meaningless minutes off the bench and you're not in a great situation. So I think coming back would be beneficial for Jed Howard. We'll see how it all lands. Uh, let's uh, let's move over to something a little bit more positive. Let's talk Michigan hockey, uh, where I saw maybe the most glorious video I've ever seen of the Michigan faithful chanting just like football after defeating Ohio State soundly over the weekend. Give us a hockey update, sir. Oh, man, it was glorious. Like this, uh, Ohio State has been a bad matchup for Michigan all season. The Wolverines were, I believe it was 1 1 and 2 against them on the year. Just a, t a very, very tough record against this team. The way they play, the way they're structured. 
Michigan came out in this and left no doubt. They scored 23 seconds into this thing. They scored twice more before the 10-minute mark in the first period and then just slowly padded that lead. Ohio State would cut it to a two-goal game. Michigan would expand. They'd cut it to two goals. Michigan would expand. And that lasted the rest of the game, and the Wolverines triumphed 7-3. to three. It was awesome, headed to the Big Ten Tournament Championship for the second straight year, facing Minnesota again at Mary Uchi again for a showdown between what could be a potential frozen four matchup. So, I mean, next Saturday, Big Ten Network, 8 o'clock, like this game is something no one can miss. It's single elimination hockey, baby. We're into it now, baby. Seven to three sounds more like a score from a 1984 Big Ten football game. Put it. <laughs> Put it on them, man. And uh, yeah, getting hot, getting back into the winning ways at the right time. Like you said, it's single elimination here. So there's no reason not to tune in, especially since Michigan basketball is in the NIT tournament and uh, just not quite the same level. So if you want something to care about, something to root for, I would say Michigan hockey is what you need, because after this, we're entering a sports dead period. There's no ifs, ands or buts about it. I mean, we'll find stuff to keep ourselves occupied. We'll just draft up any old thing we can think of. But after this, things things get a little bit dull. And trust me, you just you don't want to miss an opportunity to watch Adam Fantilli play hockey at Michigan. He had two goals, two assists in this. He's on track to win the Hobie Baker, which presented, which is the Heisman Trophy of college hockey. So he's on pace to win that. This team is super exciting. They're getting hot at the right time. And at minimum, we only have two games left with them. At the most, we have five. So it's like you have to embrace and appreciate these guys while they're in the maze and blue. I can't believe at one point I thought Luke Hughes was the best guy on the ice. It's so clearly Fantilli after you watch a little <laughs> bit deeper. Like, I mean, not even close. I mean, you're not you're not far off though, man. Luke Hughes had the biggest plus minus on the team. So he was plus five this week. And he's doing a lot of dirty stuff on the back end. He was the fourth overall pick two years ago, going to the Devils immediately after this season for a playoff push with that team. So it's super exciting, man. Those two guys, though, it's such a great one too. Minnesota. Quick scouting report has probably the best top line in hockey of Logan Cooley, Jimmy Snuggerud, and Matthew Nyes. It's filthy, 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 filthy. All six of their starters are either first team or second team Big Ten. So, I mean, this is a colossal matchup. When they played full strength in Minnesota earlier this year, they split the pair. Both games were decided in OT. So, can't miss game. Yeah, and Snuggerud also a hell of a Harry Potter character with that ridiculous <laughs> name, but the, that creep can skate, man. Creep can skate. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, here's a, a little quick hit I wanted to touch on. I'm going to keep referencing this article because it's in my top three favorite articles you've ever written, and it's not one Thanks. or three. It's... Uh, <laughs> Firmly, <laughs> firmly, for two. firmly at number two but your 15 fears articles uh was watching the michigan state game again i have a new number one fear just with that information that i gave you can you pick out what that number one fear is i feel like you're gonna say kicker it's kicker it i don't know how it could be anything other than kicker i don't know what we were thinking with anything else other than that to be honest like going to penn state yeah but going to penn state without jake moody or without like a set kicker it's got to be man like we lose one of those games last year without moody you can pick and it's definitely illinois you know you can make an argument for michigan state probably not but i mean look at all the heavy lifting that moody was doing so i don't know i just that was what really popped and i keep going back to your article man like we're just gonna we're gonna miss jake moody that's all i wanted to say this is not really a quick hit this isn't news i'm just saying it 
Now, his impact is going to be felt. I mean, you go to 2021, 100% lose the Nebraska game with how bad the red zone offense was. And like you said, last year, the Illinois game is just kind of an obvious one. So I think it's going to be really important for this team to always play with the lead. Like, they did a really good job of it in 2022, but games like Illinois happen. Is it that close if Quorum's healthy? Who knows? We're going to find out. But no, that is the single biggest absence and vacancy we have to replace entering next season. I mean, most important position that we need a new starter at. No doubt about it. Very clearly. Uh, another takeaway I had from some of my rewatch over the weekend, as you can tell, I was very hungover yesterday. Didn't want to move. It was all <laughs> Ga- Game of Thrones and Michigan highlights just curled up in my bed uh, trying to get past that hangover. But uh, am I at Luigi Valane level of belief with my belief in Braden McGregor? I'm still holding Braden McGregor stock. Should I just let this go at this point? Don't do it. Don't do it. Like, he, he, like when you and I watched, we watched that Ohio State game, and he had two big plays like where he flashed with like tip passes and dropping into coverage. And it's like with Valane, you only really heard about it. You'd see it in reserve minutes. With McGregor, we've at least seen big plays happen in meaningful spots. So you know the potential's there. It's just about developing the consistency. Instead of having eight good plays, can you turn that into 20? Can you turn it into 30? Can you give us something like we've at least seen it? Luigi Valane, we I mean we called him the Valane Truthers because it just felt like stuff you'd hear like on like QAnon web pages, like, have you seen the Valane hype? I know we can do it. And he went on to have a good career to finish up. I believe it was at Wake Forest or Vanderbilt. But hold on to your McGregor stop. Don't sell it quite yet. I'm with you, man. Yeah. Like it was somewhere right above, like they're putting fluoride into the Gatorade and it's turning our children into homosexuals. And then it was like Luigi Villain's going to have a big year. It was all right there on the same QAnon section there of belief. That's how the algorithm gave it to me, at least. (laughs) (laughs) That's where it was at with Luigi Villain. And I was just like, look, I get it. Really cool name. There's really nothing else to his game. There are at least flashes with McGregor. You're right. Can he be consistent? I just don't know. Josiah Stewart's Sounds like he's going to be a guy. Jalen Harrell, we're going to talk about him here in a second. We have some belief there. I don't know where the reps are. I don't know what McGregor is on this team, but this is very clearly your last go. Would have been a guy that you would have thought maybe looked at a transfer. I'm glad he's coming back. And uh, yeah, I'm still holding on, man. He's just kind of bizarro Aiden Hutchinson, the way that he looks out on the field, you know, just a tatted up Hutchinson. He's, he's the evil Hutchinson. We called him Sith Lord Hutchinson. He has the yeah. Michigan tattoo. He can't really leave. And <laughs> I, I, lo- I love how high everyone is on Josiah Stewart. I'm really worried about him because his size. He's barely 6'2 and 230 pounds. Like he's like yeah. a linebacker size. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Uche is not too much bigger than that. What was Uche? 6'3", right around there. So, I mean, it's possible. He's like 250, he's like 250 though, at least. I think RJ yeah. Moten is almost the same size. Yeah. I mean, Keon Sab, big dude, is not that far off of that. Yeah, there's like... Yeah, RJ Moten's six feet, 223. That's... Yeah, you're right. I mean, we'll see. I don't know. Are those the updated numbers, though, for Josiah that's the That's the Michigan transfer number, 6'2", 230. I mean, we'll see. He's got this offseason with Herbert. I think he'll get that's up true. there. But you're you're right. That is definitely something to watch. I'm not out yet. I don't know on Josiah Stewart. Um, I'm just hearing some rumblings from the players that he could be a real dude, so... We'll see. A lot riding on that. And uh, if not, McGregor's going to be one of the guys to watch. Uh, all right. Last thing. And then we will get into the primary topic for the day. Do you have a what the hell moment from sports for the week? I have one. You go first. I'll think of mine. All right. My what the hell is going on moment. Aaron Rodgers at the end of the season said, I do not want to hold the Packers hostage. I do not want to drag this out till March. 
my brother, it's March 13th. We're about midway through this thing. March Madness brackets are set. Aaron Rodgers has absolutely no idea where he's going to be playing next year. The Packers do not know who their starting quarterback is going to be next year. I suppose I shouldn't be surprised because Aaron Rodgers is a noted scumbag and degenerate, uh, probably out there doing some butthole sunning, which I think is like the new thing that he does. He does a, you know three weeks in the dark talking to himself and collecting his own urine in a jar, and then he emerges out into the public to have some really weird and awful takes on things so i guess i shouldn't be surprised but aaron Rodgers, what the hell is going on what the hell is going on i mean what the hell is going on oh, oh my what the hell is for you jared what the hell <laughs> look that's a real thing man i lived out in colorado i know how these hippies operate that is a very real thing uh it's yeah it's called uh sunning of your butthole apparently it's supposed to give you a lot of energy um look you can Google it if you want, but you might want to clear your clear your search history after you do. Clear the cookies. Well, I have nothing that good. <laughs> that was uh, that was that was something. That was definitely a what the hell moment of the week. Uh, I'm just gonna bring mine full circle back to Michigan basketball. What the hell? Like in the most important game, the only consolation prize is the scumbags from Wisconsin also didn't make the tournament. So that kind of felt good. And you even you look at the way Purdue played and went on to win everything. Like I don't, Michigan did not stand a chance against them in the next round. Like let's not even kid ourselves about that matchup. So it wouldn't have mattered anyway, but still it was flat. It was embarrassing. Everything on the line and you just didn't show up. What the hell? almost like a season what the hell award right there i'm with you brother yeah that one that one hurts a little bit but all right let's uh let's change topics here let's welcome in our guest let's get to the meat of this thing all right we are privileged nay honored to welcome in a guest this week that is going to be michael smeltzer a good friend of ours doing a little bit of the back end of a home and home here co-host of the big house bleachers pod which is just an incredible podcast you can find on spotify apple music michael brother thank you for being here Man, thank you for having me. You know, I feel like uh, you, Andy, and I were strangers, right? I had you over to my house, and now you've invited me into your home. Uh, blessed to be here and uh, looking forward to it. Absolutely. Once your mom has made me some Tostino's pizza rolls, I'm basically family. You're now at our house in our living room. The Saturday morning cartoons are on. We're, eat we're heating up some pizza rolls and some fish sticks. And we're going to do this thing, baby. We are here for the Stats Up, Stats Down, Stats Prediction Podcast. This is the second annual time we've done this. Did it last year. Andy wasn't even here for this, so excited to have a full repertoire. we got a full cast of characters here for this one. It's basically exactly what it sounds like. We're going to look at some of last year's statistics, talk about where we see those statistics going. Obviously, things like injuries can happen. Players can get benched. We're not going to talk about that. Just your predictions for the player. Any questions, gentlemen, about how we're going to do this? Any specificities you want listed out? Good to go. Let's do it, man. These are real men here, people. Real men, just good, innocent <laughs> men. All right, let's do this here. Let's start on the defensive side of the ball. We're going to start a little bit easier here. We're going to start with Chris Jenkins. 2022 statistics, 54 tackles, three and a half for loss, two sacks. Certainly no slouch. Expecting a bigger role for him this year with Mozzie Smith moving on. Michael, you are the guest, sir. What are you thinking? Stats up, stats down, stats about the same. Well, this is going to be a bit of a surprise right off the bat because, you know, as a diehard Wolverine fan, I'm going to predict stats up most of the time. 
But Chris Jenkins, I actually think that he's going to be utilized as a big body in the middle to, to take up some offensive linemen while some of these other edge rushers get a lot more tackles and sacks. And so I'm going to go stats slightly down for Chris Jenkins. No, it makes a lot of sense, especially with all the rumors coming out of his weight being upwards of 300 pounds. Now he's really just taking on that new role and filling the vacancy left by Mozzie Smith. I'm going to go stats about the same, just because I have some questions about the rotation with Rayshon Benny coming in and really taking his kind of position there along the interior defensive line. So I think they're going to be about the same, though. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of similar to Michael's train of thought, though. Yeah, we're all seeing it similarly. I was going to go about the same as well. If I had to pick, it would be down slightly, probably not up slightly. Andy, you mentioned uh, Kenneth Grant and Rayshon Benny. If you didn't mention Kenneth Grant, I don't know how you missed him. He's gigantic. <laughs> so that's a guy that's for sure going to be taking some snaps in there. So not that I expect Chris Jenkins to take a step backward. There's just other guys there. And, and I also like what you said, Michael, about some of that production coming on the edge. So I'll say about the same, but if it was going to go in either direction, I think down would be the way. All right, let's move, staying on the defensive side, to one of our favorite players. Michael, I'm sure he's a, at least top 10 favorite for you. If not, what are you doing? That's going to be Mikey Sainristil, baby. Sub-zero throw zone. In 2022, his first year at the position, 58 tackles, six and a half for loss, two sacks, one interception, eight pass breakups. Very impressive. What are we thinking? Stats up, stats down, stats about the same. Well, you know, I think uh, Mikey S. is going to be one of the best all-around college football players in the entire country next year, so I would be a fool not to predict stats up. I don't think they're going to be way up. I think we might see uh, highly impactful plays from Mike Sandra still, so uh, we're going to see sacks, we're going to see deflections, we're going to see interceptions, and of course we're going to see tackles. Stats up for Mikey S. God, Michael, you truly are as smart as you are handsome. Absolutely. The numbers are going up for Mike Sanderson next year as he has just more of an understanding of the defense, more of a feel. I think he will be even more impactful. And he's just going to understand everything a little bit better. Year two with the same defensive coordinator. Stats up. I'm with you guys here. The one I'm looking at, though, eight passes broken up is certainly no joke. I think he had like three of them against Ohio State. That's very impressive. I mean, if he goes up on that, we're talking like a potentially All-American type of season. But I'm going up as well. I'm definitely going up on the interceptions. Um, eight pace pass breakups is difficult. But, I mean, you think about a whole season playing the position like you mentioned. I'm with you there. We're going stats up with the bullet, baby. All right, next, let's stay in the secondary. Let's go with first of his name, William Johnson. And on this one, going to ask you to call your shot with the interception total. So your best guess of how many interception Will Johnson's going to have. His 2022 stats, 27 tackles, two for loss, three interceptions, six pass breakups. Very impressive considering that he wasn't a full-time starter till later in the season. Michael, where do you see this, brother? You know, I've got Will Johnson wearing the number two proudly and Charles Woodson's going to be looking on at that number two. And he, he's going to see Will Johnson have one of the most legendary secondary performances of, of any Michigan player in that secondary in history, seven interceptions. You heard it right. Whoa. Seven interceptions <laughs> on the season. I mean, he got two of them uh, in the big 10 championship game against Purdue alone, right? This guy can get seven in a season. Will Johnson. Oh man, this is this is what I love. I love that. 
No, it's it, it's definitely going to be up. I think we're all going to be just unanimous in that. We could have guessed that. I'm going to go just a tick under Michaels. I'm going to say six interceptions for the season, but I do think it's just going to be a big number. I just think it's he's that type of player. He's that type of game breaker, and he's going to have the opportunities the way Mentor trusts him in man-to-man coverage. Let's go. Is this your boldest call, Michael, or do you have something in the till that's even bolder than seven <laughs> picks? Like this is this is going you know, to be up there. Th- this is my boldest defensive prediction, but I got one on offense that I think might be my boldest. So I'm going to hold out on that for you guys. Shooters shoot. I love it. Look, stats are going up for Will Johnson. There's no question. 27 tackles, two for loss. I think both of those go up. Three interceptions, I think we all agree, go up. Uh, the one thing I would have about that, the one minor pushback would be there's no doubt about it that Will Johnson's a superstar now. He's not a secret anymore. I'm wondering if maybe teams will shy away from from throwing at him and give guys like Amarion Walker more of it, similar to what we saw with Stribling and Jordan Lewis when Jordan Lewis came back and was like, well, that guy's just absolutely a black hole over there. So I don't know any thoughts on that. Like maybe he doesn't get enough thrown his way to get seven. Cause I'm going to go with five. I'm just going to go one under. We're going jeopardy rules here. You make a good, a really good point, Jared, uh, you know, but if they throw him the ball at least seven times this season, I think I have a good shot of hitting that number. He's getting all of them. All seven <laughs> passes thrown his way. Yeah, he's still going to get the opportunity, especially against like the pass happy teams Michigan has on the schedule with like the Purdue's, the Ohio State's. Like, I think they can shy away from him some, but especially like in this cover three, he's going to get his. I agree. Like you can only, I mean, he cuts off half the field. You can't just ignore half the field. You're going to have to go his way eventually. So I think he'll get his opportunity seven, baby. I mean, that's, that's getting my blood boiling. All right. Staying in the secondary, got to touch on my boy, the often disrespected, often forgotten (laughs) Makari page, 41 tackles, one sack, one interception. Uh, The reason I wanted to put him on there is just because we don't necessarily know he was getting more run than RJ Moten. But there's a lot of guys behind him, too. The safety depth's incredible right now. Is Macari Page going to hold that down? Where do you see this one, Michael? Stats up, stats down, stats about the same for Macari Page. Well, you know, I don't think it would be fair to say that his stats are going to go down. But you do have to factor in how many plays are opponents going to get against us, right? If we're shutting teams out, if they're going three and out a lot, we might not see as many plays as other teams see. So... I, I'm I'm not going to disrespect him and say stats down, but I'm going to say stats the same for Makari Page because, I mean, you look at this defense and you look at this secondary, there's guys all over the field that are going to be making plays. I just don't know if there's enough to go around for Makari, but he's going to have a strong season. Stats about the same. This one's difficult. Uh, I really struggle with this. Jared likes to throw shots at me since I think, you know, Makari Page is going to be rotational again here just due to the safety depth. You have RJ Moten coming back. Zeke Berry and Keon Sab both preserved their red shirt last year, and that was very intentional. Also, Kaden Colzar is coming back, and he's in the two deep, whether people like it or not. So I'm going. I'm Jared. Don't you give me that face? So I'm just going to say that I'm going to his Macari Page's stats are going to be slightly down next year. It's not an insult, not a diss, but like those numbers were pretty good, especially considering what he did in the back half of the season. There's a good argument either way, but I'm feeling they're going to be just a tick down. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be seeding snaps to Caden Colasar. What was I thinking, Macari? Page? 
got better as the season went along. Look, he did. No, no, he did. And that's why I'm a little higher on him than I think a lot of people. Plus, he wears number seven and his name is Paige, Makari Page. Look, I'm just a I'm a sucker for the simplicity of the game. All right. And I, I like the guy. But I do have to look at this objectively. I like what you said, Michael. Like, are there enough stats to go around? Look who else is in that secondary. I mean, and if we're high on a Marion Walker, that's a lot of guys back there. How many plays are even getting past our insane linebacker core for him to have to be that last line of defense? I think that you're going to see a lot more tackles in the linebacking core because that's improved. So that leaves less for Makari Page. I'm still going to go stats slightly up. Um, I think they're going to be close to that, but I think that he'll play more earlier on this year because he ended the, le- the year last year on a bit of a tear for him. So I'll go slightly up. I'm sticking with my boy. You know, I'm loyal if nothing else. All right, moving on. Staying on the defensive side of the ball, moving to the defensive line. We're going to call our shots on this one. Jalen Harrell. So we want stats up, stats down, and then call your shot with the sack total. Last year in 2022, he had 30 tackles, three and a half sacks, seven and a half tackles for loss. Michael, to you, sir. You know, I see Mason Graham and Jalen Harrell as probably being the two candidates to lead this team in sacks. Maybe Josiah Stewart coming in, you know, from Coastal Carolina. That could that could be a guy we want to keep our eye on. So with that being said, you know, what did Mike Morris have last year? Seven, seven and a half. Seven, seven and a half. Well, let, let's uh, one-up that. Let's give Jalen Harrell uh, eight sacks on the season. So stats up. I like it. All right. Let's get bold here. Uh-oh. Bring it to me. Let's, let's do it. I've had a lot of Jalen Harrell stock for a while now, and last year kind of took a dip from a pass rushing standpoint, but he really progressed as an all-around defender. I mean, none more evident than the Ohio State game with the pass breakups. There's everything he was contributing. This year, though, the pass rushing finally catches up. Jalen Harrell, double-digit sacks, 10 and a half. Ooh, there we go. Wow. There we go. Is that your bold shooter-shoot call? Of the day? Yes, it is. Let's go. Yes, it is. I love it. Ten and a half sacks would certainly be no slouch of a performance. I like that. I'm not quite as high. I just haven't quite seen it yet. I love that you're like sticking with your guy, Andy. You are nothing if not consistent. I mean, these are this is clearly stats up. I mean, he's just going to have a bigger role. So that's why I made it. You have to call your shot here. Uh, I was leaning more towards what Michael was saying there, that I think that he could have a Mike Morris type of impact and I just need to see what Josiah Stewart's going to be yet and because I don't know that I'm going to kind of go a little tepid on this one I'm going to save my bold calls I'm going to go with uh let's go eight and a half sacks I'll just kind of split the difference there very boring but I just don't know yet I don't know if it's going to be Josiah Stewart I don't know if it's going to be Jalen Harrell but I think those stats are for sure going up all right. Or Derek Moore, like Derek the pass Moore. rushing room. There's just a lot of depth to consider, but I think Harold's going to be the one consistent piece as those three guys battle it out opposite him. We're also still uh, alone, you and I, just the two of us on TJ Guy Island. So, I mean, we're not, not leaving, baby. Not leaving, not leaving. I don't care if a cruise liner comes back and throws me a, a lifeboat. I'm staying on Guy Island, baby, where I belong. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's uh, let's go ahead and move down here. Here's an interesting one. Junior Colson, we're going to need to call our shots again on this one. In 2022, 101 tackles, six for loss, two sacks, one pass breakup. So we're going to call our shots on this one. Total tackles, try to get within 10. Obviously, calling the exact number of tackles with that many is difficult. But within 10, Junior Colson tackles. Michael, what do you think? And does he lead the team in tackles again? 
Well, I tell you what, Jared, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you gave me this margin of error of 10, but I don't need it. I'm going to give you <laughs> I'm going to give you exactly exactly how many tackles Junior Colson's going to have. He's going to have a better season than last, but the tackles are going to go down slightly. I'm going to keep him in the triple digits. We're going to give him an even 100 tackles on the season. And before he gets that 101st tackle, a guy by the name of Ernest Hausman is going to run in front of the offensive player and make that tackle before him because Hausman is going to be a beast. I do think Junior Colson leads the team in tackles. I think Hausman might be right behind him with maybe 90 or so. Those guys are going to be everywhere. I love that. I'm going to echo it similarly. I think the stats are going to be down, but I think Houseman is going to be the guy to lead this team. And Michael, I, I love your exact prediction. I love you gave us a spoiler, but I got the real spoiler here. Colson's going to be down at about 88 tackles this season. Uh, gentlemen, I see it similar. These stats are going down and somehow it's a good thing. It's because you got Houseman coming in. I also see them going down because he doesn't need to do it. And if you can keep that wear and tear off one of your best guys, absolutely. There's also Nikai Hill green coming back. There's just an article that I was reading about what he could mean for this defense. So there's just a lot to spread out. I think junior Colson's going to have a monster season. So I'm going to go sacks are going up. He's going to have more than two sacks. I think he's going up on tackles for losses. But his tackle total, 92. 92. 92. Jared riding the fence again, right in the middle. <laughs> I love him last, baby. I tell you what, guys, I got a quick question before we move on to the next position group. Is is the linebacker core all of a sudden the strength of this defense? Like, wh- how did that happen? It's It's incredibly strong. I still think it's on the back end, but the linebacker core with Colson, Hausman, Jimmy Rolder, and Nikai Hill-Green, I can't remember better depth on a Michigan football team, probably since like 07, 08. It's been a long time. Like for me, I've got to go back to like David Harris days or like Sean Crane yeah. and Prescott yeah. Burgess, where there was just guys out there that you trusted all over the place. Having three guys that no, not only do you trust, you really like, might have NFL futures. Junior Colson certainly has an NFL future. I just watched the Nebraska highlights. Houseman's all over the place. He's all over yeah. the place, like against Michigan in that game. So you, I mean, you definitely have an argument here. I'm with Andy. It's still in the back end. Cause I think Will Johnson, all world, Rod Moore, all world, Mikey Sainer is still all conference, probably all college football, like just a peg below those guys, but could even rise higher. So it's not a knock on the linebackers. That's for sure. It's a great, great follow-up question. Um, yeah, I am splitting the difference between you guys here on a lot of these. I need to be a little bit bold. I'm saving my bold takes. I'm saving them. Uh, all right, last one on defense. We're going a little bit off the board here. Aiden Hutchinson, Detroit Lion. Call your shots with sacks. Last year, 34 tackles, nine and a half sacks, three interceptions, which is just bizarre. What are we thinking? Up, down, and give me a sack total, Michael, for our Lord and Savior, Aiden Hutchinson. Well, you know, bless his soul. The Messiah himself will definitely I- improve his stats. You know, I, I was holding out rookie year that he might he might chase after that sack record of I think it's like 15 or so in the in, in the NFL. So I'm going to give him a legendary second second season and, and give him 15 sacks um, and and maybe two more picks on Aaron Rodgers. Just, you know, I don't, I don't even know if the jets play the lions, but we're going to, you know, we're just going to, we're going to throw it out there in the universe and maybe somehow it'll happen. 
No, I'm 100% with you, man. Like, I think the stats go up as well just because, I mean, as a rookie, he faced more double teams than anybody else in the NFL, like even above players like Miles Garrett. And now they're going to have consistency on the other end. They're going to, like, bolster the interior a little bit. The defense will just be better. So I think Hutchinson's going to allow to really flourish in more one-on-ones. So I'm going to go slightly under Michael. I'm going to go 14. Keep it the Price is Right rules here. Price is right. Yeah, not Jeopardy. I don't think there's anything like that in Jeopardy. Good call. I, uh, I, like I was going to let you just keep going with it. Just let me live. <laughs> uh, look. Wait, that, oh, go ahead, Michael. I was going to say that is what is 14? What is 14, Alex? <laughs> That'd be the dumbest little mechanic to add, but we're going to add it. Um, all right. I mean, now's a good time for me to be bold. If I want to be bold, let it be with my man crush, one of the greatest living Americans. I will go over both of you. I'm going to go 16 sacks, which would be just a monster <laughs> year. A monster year. If I'm going to do it, I feel comfortable doing it with Aiden Hutchinson. You mentioned the double team stat. If we get Will Anderson with this, I mean, the uh, the trade up by Carolina randomly plays a, a factor here because there's a good chance one of Jalen Carter or Will Anderson now falls to the Lions at six. You take away those double teams. You single him up. That dude's he doesn't miss time. He doesn't take a playoff. I can see it. It would be wild. 16 sacks is is moving, but why not? It seems, what, what, like, a, it seems like a good stat for the NFC North champion Lions. I'm screaming. What, what are you guys what are you guys doing to me here? I'm a guest on your show. You go one, Andy goes one below me. Jared, you go one above me. You're sandwiching me into this 15 prediction. Come on, guys. Look, we're very kind and welcoming gentlemen, but we will absolutely throw you to the wolves if it means our own survival. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to move over to the offense, which I think there's some really fun discussions here. We will be back right after this. Support for this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Breaking news, people. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpets by going to manscaped.com and using the code MNB20 for 20% off and free shipping. Look, I'm a man that knows the importance of a beard. The beard ties the face together like a good rug ties a room together. It's the unifying bridge between chin and scalp. I've yet to see a man's face made worse with a strong beard in my lifetime. It's the only facial hair that will never go out of style. It's time to tame your mane because no one likes a weird beard. So say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped Pro Beard Kit. All starts with the Beard Hedger. Thing is a beast of fixing faces. First off, the cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. Plus, it's waterproof, so you can shave in the shower to avoid all that hair in the sink. The titanium-coated T-blade is tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. The Pro Kit doesn't end there, though. They have created four dermatologist-tested formulations for your post-trim care. There's the beard shampoo and conditioner. You need to remember all your hair is different. Your beard hair is more coarse, easier to damage than your hair on your head. That's why this kit has made shampoo and conditioner specifically designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, replete those natural oils and promote beard health next the kit has manscaped beard oil an essential piece for your main facial accessory no one wants a beard who's brittle and dry the oil relieves dryness both on the beard and the skin beneath while adding a little shimmer and shine making you look extra fine 
cap off the kit with the beard balm pomade shape style moisturize tame your sculpted look pro beard kit also comes with three free gifts a beard brush comb and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code mnb20 at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code mnb20 manscaped beard hedger one stroke one guard 20 lengths Good people listening to Out of the Blue need to take a moment to shout out our sponsors for this podcast, Home Field Apparel. In case you aren't familiar and you've been living in a cave somewhere in southern Utah, they're a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis. Not only is their stuff comfy, but it's officially licensed gear. So you don't need to mess around with some of the imposters that are out there, and they don't mess around with their design selection. The Home Field team studies the history, traditions, and legacy of every school takes that information, they create thoughtful designs that tell a unique story of each university. Homefield has some brand new Michigan designs that you will not find anywhere else. That's just the facts. From t-shirts to hoodies and crew necks, they have it all, so you can proudly represent the maize and blue wherever you go. So if you want some brand new, good-looking Michigan swag, head over to homefieldapparel.com and use the Michigan 15 for 15% off your order. That's not just for one item, that's the entire order. So stock up while you have this offer. Again, that's 15% using the promo code Michigan15 at homefieldapparel.com. All right, coming back, we still have Michael Smeltzer of the All Handsome team with us. We are rocking through our predictions for the stats next year. Let's move over to the offense, boys. Should be a little bit saucier. I've still got some good, uh, some hotter takes that are in the chamber, ready to fire those off. Let's start with one of my favorite players after uh, a little bit of a rocky relationship to start, but I just rewatched Ohio State. It reaffirmed that he is, in fact, adoptable. I might adopt him. That is Cornelius Johnson. CJ last year, 32 passes for 499 yards and six touchdowns. A weird stat line, like quite a few touchdowns for only having under 500 yards receiving. So how do we see this? Stats up, stats down. And if you want, if you want to take it a step further, you can go with the yardage and the touchdowns, as in yards up, touchdowns down, something like that. Michael, to you, sir. Yeah, Cornelius Johnson is interesting, isn't he? Uh, you know, you got to go stats up when you're thinking about yardage here, but I don't know if the stats are going to go up when it goes when it comes to touchdowns. I think he's going to step into that Ronnie Bell-esque role, which is probably around 800 yards or so I do expect Roman Wilson to probably outplay him this season I think Roman will probably take a, a you know a jump forward so we're going stats up with Cornelius Johnson and maybe give him one extra touchdown at, at, you know so seven total no that's that's good I mean very very measured very understandable I like the Ronnie Bell comp especially and I'm quarter of in the, kind of in the same frame but it's crazy from one year to the next I've become so much more optimistic on his future really because of like the way he closed the season. I mean, entering it last year, Jared and I had so much fun at CJ's expense. So now we've been on a couple month apology tour and it's going to continue here. The stats are going up in all the categories. Let's just go ahead and bump it up. Like it might be bold, but let's say, let's say 900 yards, eight touchdowns. Let's go. So this is a key one for me because I have a prediction later 
that like I'll need to take into account when we're thinking about some of these. You can probably do the math on that one. So I'm definitely going up. Uh, I like where Andy's at. I'm going to stick similar to there. I don't want to like sit right in between you guys, but you literally keep like we have the same mind. That's the problem. We all watch <laughs> we all watch the same game, so we come to the same conclusions. So yeah, I'm going to go 880 yards and just be lame. <laughs> be you politician. I uh, elect me. What do you want? 888 <laughs> yards, uh, 880 yards, and uh, eight touchdowns. All eights across the board, baby. Let's go. I see it's, stats up though. It's good. Do we all like? I think he's wide receiver one this year. I mean, actually, honestly, I mean, let me say this. I think he's pass catcher two though. I think another player we're going to get to is going to be the number one in that category. Absolutely. I'm with you, man. Um, let's keep going. Let's stay with the wide receivers. Roman Wilson, 2022 stats, 25, 25 receptions, 376 yards, four touchdowns, and two rushing touchdowns. How do we see this one, Michael? This is not my bold prediction, but it is bold nevertheless. Michigan has a 1,000-yard re- receiver on their team, and he goes by the name of Roman Wilson. Stats way up. In 2023-24, Roman Wilson, 1,000-yard receiver. Ooh! I, I love the spice, man. It's like there's definitely a very real world to see it in because he's got he's like Jeremy Gallum with speed is what he feels like. Like he's a little less physical but very similar build and things like that. And Roman can really just take the top off of defenses. I think we're going to see that more and more this season. Only thing concerns me with him is health. Like I worry about him getting banged up, being a little slighter build. But I'm also going to say stats up. I'm going to put the yards about 500 though. Okay, I like it. Yeah, stats are definitely going up. There's no question. This is our biggest divide that we've had right here. There's a 500-yard gap in between. Shoot the middle, Jared. Shoot the middle. (laughs) So that'll be 750. (laughs) Uh, I absolutely cannot do that. I need to have some spine here. I love where your head's at, Michael. If that happens, we're breaking some serious records. I mean, that would be, if things go the way that you just said, you'd be at like 1,800 yards already just between CJ and Roman Wilson. I mean, you're, you're probably talking about an all-time passing record you know, breaker with J.J. then if you're getting to that. So I don't quite see 1,000 yards for Roman. That would be incredible. I'm going to go under that. I think it's above 500, though, so as much as I hate to split the difference – it is. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 600 yards uh, just above where Andy sees it. So not quite in the middle, but I love where you're at, Michael. You're going for it here with this one. But I do think those touchdowns are going up and that will be important as well, because how many deep balls were attempted in Roman Wilson's direction last year? And they just weren't connecting early on. I think they'll connect earlier on. And especially in some of the non-conference games, you're going to see some big, big totals to Roman Wilson. I don't know about Big Ten competition. I don't know if he's like the best guy against Big Ten competition. Go ahead, Andy. Well, even if they connect, they may not even count them, a la TCU. Uh, So as long as they count the touchdowns, it might help. Well, one thing to do that. One thing is for certain: the stat that's going up for Roman Wilson is TikTok posts and TikTok views, because that guy is all over his TikTok account. Dude, his uh, his YouTube, the vlogs, I found awesome. Like, I love getting in and seeing some of the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, not a big TikTok guy, not a big vlog guy, but he literally had me convinced he was dating Selena Gomez the other day. So he's doing something <laughs> right. He's doing something right on his Instagram. All right, so this is the guy we're the most torn on so far. I like it, the receiver position. Uh, all right, let's move to the running back room. This is one of the most interesting ones on the day. 
Donovan Edwards in 2022 carried the ball 140 times for 991 rushing yards. 7.1 yards per carry is the number three mark in Michigan history, by the way. Seven touchdowns, 18 receptions for 200 yards and two touchdowns. So stats up, stats down, and I'm also going to ask you to call your shot. But you can pick what you're calling. It can be yards. It can be touchdowns. It can be reception touchdowns, reception yards. Donovan Edwards is a fun one. So, Michael, I give you the floor. Well, you know, I hate to pick stats up. Well, never mind. I don't hate to at all. You know, I'm going stats up on all these guys because I genuinely believe that the talent that we're returning uh, indicates that stats are going to go way up. Uh, Donovan Edwards is interesting, right? Because assuming that Blake Corum is healthy all season long, there may not be as many carries as we would like going to Donovan Edwards. Uh, Granted, they're going to get him the ball. So I'm going to say stats up, but in a... Reggie Bush-esque kind of gadget player throwing the ball, Alvin Kamara, whatever. Um, Donovan Edwards is going to see a lot of routes. He's going to get re- receptions and receiving touchdowns. Uh, stats up for the Don. I like it. I'm going to go similarly shocking uh, about like his stats are going to be up. It's just going to be slightly, though. I think the carries are going to be really divided. I think the emphasis is going to be on health for the most of the team, but really on the running back room. Like Need both guys healthy for Ohio State for the first time ever. I mean, as much as uh, Gus Johnson loved calling Tommy Eichenberg Tommy Two Hands, he forgot the part that our 200-yard running back only had one. So I think health is going to be paramount this season. So I think his stats are going to be like slightly up, but we are going to have two 1,000-yard running backs. Okay, so that's your number that you're calling, Andy. You're going to go 1,000 yards rushing for Don? Yep, yeah, just over 1,000 going to the high side. Okay, over 1,000. Michael, what was your call, your shot prediction? I, well, I, I had him at I had him at 1,100 yards and, and actually 14 touchdowns, so I have him getting quite a few touchdowns. I like that. I'm going to add up everything that Michael's expecting to happen next year. I'm pretty sure this will be the highest scoring offense in history if all of this comes to fruition. <laughs> well, I'm absolutely here for it. Well, Wilkins Spates offense, I mean, average like 40 points a game. So with the talent we have now, we should be able to replicate that. It's not out of control. It's not out of control. I struggled with the Donovan Edwards one because uh, he, he had such a weird season. How many games, like how much, how, what's the percentage of yards that are accounted for in like the Penn State and the Ohio State game? You know, I'm pretty sure he got like almost half or 40% of those yards in two games. So I could see 1,600 yards. I could see 600 yards. Huge variance here. I'm going to go stats up as well. And uh, I can't just keep riding in the middle, especially when there's such a small variance in between you guys. So I guess I'll go even higher. I'm going to go uh, I'm going to go 1400 total yards. That is rushing and receiving. I think he's going to have a big year receiving. So I'm going up on touchdowns, too. So let's go uh, 1400 yards and 14 touchdowns. I oh, know you have 14. I'll go 15. I'll go one above you. How many times have you guys watched the opening play of the college football playoff game and been like, if Donovan Edwards just goes a little bit to the right, he outruns the safety to the end zone and we score? Often. (laughs) (laughs) It happens. Yeah, man. Like, there's a lot of what-ifs with Donovan Edwards. He's such a hard one, though, because of this guy that we're about to talk about next. That's Blake Corum. We've got to do Blake Corum here, and who in 2022 ran for 1,463 yards. That is a top 10 single season mark in Michigan history on 247 attempts, 18 touchdowns, which is third in Michigan history, 11 receptions for 80 yards and one touchdown. 
if we've got both of these guys going for over, you know, 1,200, 1,000 yards even, we're talking about an all-timer. So, Michael, how do you see it for our Lord and Savior, Blake Corum? Well, yeah, he was on a, on pace for, you know, an invite to New York, a Heisman ceremony last year. So this I'm not going to say stats up as, as uh, appetizing as that is. I'm going to say stats about the same, but granted, that's on a per-game basis. So if he doesn't get hit, uh, you know, hurt, against Illinois last year he gets a couple more games in so we're looking at maybe 1700 or so yards high teens for touchdowns push pushing that that 20 touchdowns category I think this one's a tick down this year I just think it's going to be the really the big focus on health and Jared talked about how Donovan Edwards stats came really about in two games last year and three if you count the Big Ten championship I think it's going to be a more even split so I still think he's going to be the leading rusher on the team, but I see Corn right around 1,200 yards and about 15 total touchdowns. I see it similar to Andy. I uh, want to go stats up, but that's difficult to do. Now you look at all the pieces surrounding it, going to be another great offensive line, just a year older. I don't know that we're going to need to rush him 25 times a game early in the season. You go back and look at some of the rushing totals or the attempts early on. We were running Blake Quorum a lot. I doubt we want to do that. I doubt that there's going to be any reason to even play him in the fourth quarter in some of these games early on. So I think as just you know, a byproduct of that. They're going to go down a little bit. I'm going to go 1,100 yards, 12 touchdowns for Blake Corm. I've got him going down, and I don't necessarily know that that's going to be a bad thing. I think it'll just be spread out a little bit more evenly. Yeah, it speaks to the all-around balance of the offense. I think we're all expecting with the passing game and J.J. McCarthy being uh, another year in the system, more trusted to throw the ball and more proven. So I think there's going to be more of a balance there. I agree. All right, let's go to one of our personal favorites here, perhaps Andy's favorite on the offense. That's going to be Colston Loveland, and I'm going to ask that you call your shot for touchdown total. 2022, 16 catches for 235 yards, two touchdowns. This seems just like the easiest up across the board, so let's just get your touchdown total here, boys. Yeah, I'm going to say up, but I don't know if it's up uh, quite as much as some people might might feel that it is. I, I'm going to say he's going to step into that Luke Shoemaker role accordingly. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Schoonmaker, Schoon. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to say about f- maybe five touchdowns for Colston Loveland. All right, a little conservative there on my boy here. No, we're going up. This is J.J. McCarthy's number one option this year. This uh, He may not have the yards to do it, but he's going to probably lead the team in receptions. It would not surprise me. I think the touchdowns are going to be big. I think he's really going to take a step uh, this season. I mean, we saw him come on at the end of last year and what he could do. Those are rookie numbers. Let's pump that up to nine touchdowns this year. Whoa. All right. There we so, go. Jake, that's got to be your call your shot right there, right? Shoot or shoot. No. What you have a you have a crazier prediction. Wouldn't that double Jake Butts All American season touchdown total? I don't no, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure he had four in his All American season. That would double what Jake Butt had, or it would come very close. Now we got a better quarterback this year. What are we talking about? <laughs> and don't forget, Jake Butt had two All American seasons. <laughs> God, as he so aptly reminded us on our podcast. Uh huh. There's 
Two O's and Goose, boys. Two O's and Goose. <laughs> uh, that's insanity. I absolutely love the heat coming off of this right now. It's palpable. I might need to lose a layer. Uh, this is up. This is clearly up. There's no question about it. Uh, I'm going with similar Jake Butt numbers. I'm going to go. He goes 650 yards receiving, and I'm going to go six touchdowns. So splitting the middle again, but I had this one written down. That feels right. That would put him at like where Jake Butt was at. I think he could end up being a tick above Jake Butt, which is insane to say. Uh, Jake Butt was all world, and I've got him ahead. Eight seems a little rich for my blood, but if so, like, good good Lord, what do we have on our hands here? I'm just taking it was five last year between the two tight ends, and I really just don't think Hibner's going to cut into his, so I think he's just really going to carry the load there, especially in the red zone with his size and frame and what he can do. A.J. Barner, too, got that transfer from Indiana. You got to remember he's going to be out there as well. And my boy Max Bredesen. Like, it's a crowded room. It's a crowded room. I like it. All right. Last one, gentlemen. Save the best and juiciest for last. J.J. Jesus McCarthy. Him Caviezel. 2022, he went 208 of 342 attempts for 2,719 yards and 22 touchdowns. Let's go up, down, and call your shot. Well, guys, I've got a little story for you. I woke up this morning. I did my little morning meditation. I was in the position that was formerly referred to as the Buddha position. It's now referred to as the J.J. McCarthy position. And Mm -hmm. descending down on me from the heavens was a premonition about the greatest season a Michigan quarterback has ever had. This is, of course, my bold prediction. J.J. McCarthy with 30 Seven, you heard me, 37 passing touchdowns. And you might, you might think, wait, 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 that's, that, that just obliterates the Michigan record. Let's be real. The Michigan pass, passing record, it sucks. It's Trash. garbage. It's low. It's an embarrassing record. If Joe Burrow can throw 50, my man J.J. McCarthy can get 30 passing touchdowns in the regular season, another seven in the three postseason games that Michigan will play next year. That is my bold prediction. J.J. McCarthy, 37 passing touchdowns, and I, I, I can't do the math right now, so let's just say 3,700 passing <laughs> yards. <laughs> Got to change my pants on this one, boys. Uh, <laughs> another bold prediction here, same category, Jared. He's going to break both records, as Michael was alluding to, the passing touchdowns record and the passing yards record. It's going to read all McCarthy. We're embracing McCarthyism in the year of our Lord 2023. I'm going with J.J. with 30 passing touchdowns, and for passing yards, let's go just a little bit high. Let's say 3,800. What the hell? Let's go. Man, here I was sitting, saving my best for last. I'm like, boy, I'm going to really throw something at him. I'm going to be cooking here late. You guys come out here with an absolutely incendiary take, a nuclear bomb of a take from Michael there. He's going to beat the record by 12. Uh, Look, this is the record that has to go. Andy and I have talked about this in depth. 25 passing touchdowns is absolutely insane. You mentioned, Michael, that Joe Burrow doubled that up. This has got to go. It's got to drop this year. You're never going to have a better chance for it. So, yes, 100%. I'm with you guys. That record gets broken. God, do I have to split the middle again? 37? That's where you're going to put the bar? That's outrageous, (laughs) sir. I can't even do it. I can't talk myself into 40 touchdowns. Uh, I will say combined 35 touchdowns 
that is passing and rushing. Um, I want to be close to right on this one. I'd love to go higher. I think that his legs are going to play a huge role in it this year. After watching what he was able to do against Ohio State and a little bit against TCU late in the season. Uh, but I will. I'll go higher on the yardage then. I'll be the highest guy here on yardage. I'll go 3,900 yards and breaking both records. We all see this the same. This has got to happen, boys. I think you you really hit the nail on the head there, Michael. This is the one thing that it's just like a stain, honestly, on our offense right now. Well, and I think the one thing that we have to uh, realistically take into consideration is that the, the interception number will likely go up as well. I, th- I think that I think that the coaching staff is going to trust him to sling the, sling the rock around a little bit more. And so maybe eight or nine touchdowns, but it, it's not going to be enough of a problem to cost us any games. I just think we're going to see him pass the ball a little bit more. Yeah, he threw 22 touchdowns last year and was, I mean, very much on a leash all season because he just, we didn't need him to do anything like transcend it during the games to win. Like it was just about winning football games. And yeah, I agree. Like we saw it in TCU, like came back with the gunslinger mentality and led several drives up and down the field and kind of proved his worth, especially in the face of adversity. So I think it would be just unwise to think he's going to regress or not even like reach big numbers next season. The one reason I could see it is just because we don't need it. You look at the schedule. Mm-hmm. There's only going to be a couple games where we really need a huge offensive output. Our defense is going to be nasty. Keep us in a lot of games. And there's definitely a world where he's just sitting in the fourth quarter of a lot of these games. It is champagne problems, if I've ever heard of champagne problems. But that could be something that keeps these numbers a little lower than you're hoping for. It's just like these games are 41 to 3 in the third quarter and you want to keep your guys healthy. So Corum Edwards and McCarthy are kind of just sitting there, you know? Yeah. Are we going to do Khalil Mullings passing predictions or, or not? I mean, that, I'm, I'm only yeah. here for the Khalil Mullings passing predictions over or under 22 touchdowns. That's what JJ did last year. So I think that's where we're going to set the bar. Yeah. Khalil Mullings. I mean, he's going to compete for the job. I've already like have him booked above Davis Warren in terms of the depth chart. Like McCarthy is the guy who's really going to push here as the spring game approaches. Is there anybody that we didn't touch on that you wanted to see touched on here? My man, Cole Cabana, right? That's a, that's a very interesting that's a very interesting position because it's it's you know we're we're loaded. It's probably the best running back group in the country. But Cole Cabana, like, what does he get? Is it is it maybe third down, uh, like passing situations, or do all of those go to Donovan Edwards? Like, how are we going to get this guy involved? I I think it's going to be a special teams role, from perhaps even a redshirt season with CJ Stokes coming back. Cole Cabana, I believe, is only listed at 165 pounds. Like I think he's going to need a big offseason to put on the weight to handle the Big Ten wear and tear. So I think if he is utilized this season, it's going to be special teams until he can really just get some actual size on him to handle the bulk of the carries. I agree with that. If we see him, you know, before week one and he's up to 180, I might up that. Uh, but I think red shirt's probably the way to go unless something happens. But things generally happen to a running back. It's just that kind of position where somebody's probably going to miss time. So I'll actually say that Cabana gets in. Let's go uh, 180 yards rushing on the season for Cole Cabana. He could do that in under four games, too, and still preserve that red shirt. I, I don't think you won't see him because of that ability to play four games and still red shirt. I just don't think that they would really want to make him a key factor in this offense in 2023 with the kind of talent sitting in front of him, you know? No, that kind of puts him in that Isaiah Gash realm, what Gash did this past season. So you could see him utilize in those rotational minutes. 
I'm just having flashbacks to Sam McGuffey all of a sudden. So you you guys just carry on with the show. I'm going to think about McGuffey over here. Just get look, some bobsled highlights up. Look, I'm always thinking about Sam McGuffey. So you ever need to talk about it, you just text me. I'm sure I'm grinding some some bobsledding tape at the time. Oh, well, I, have, I have one question for you. If you guys had a set in over-under or even just like a quick power ranking of freshmen on either side of the ball that you think are going to contribute on this team immediately next season, who comes to mind? Ooh, Michael, you first. I need a moment. Gosh, I you know, I might need a second as as well. It's oh man. That's a I, tough question. It's it's a good one to think about because this team has so much experience coming back and a lot of good pieces and guys you already know. Certain names like Jire Hill, I'm interested to see how he's utilized. Carmelo yeah. English at wide receiver, I really like too. I think Tyler Morris could have an ascension as a sophomore. So it, it, that receiver room is already crowded enough with Darius Clemens and Christian Dixon still there. Uh, so there's a lot of people there to compete. But English has been one of my favorites in the film study I've broken down so far of the freshmen. I like that. How about Zach Marshall at six foot four, already two twenty? If he gets up to two forty at six four, that could be a rotational guy. We don't really know what we have with Josiah Stewart, Jalen Harrell. We think are going to be a pretty good one-two pass rush combination. We like Derek Moore, but they like to get these younger pass rushers in. I mean, we saw Derek Moore last year where they're like, "Let's see what this guy's got." So Zach Marshall, pretty good build on him. Needs to like obviously put some weight, some muscle onto that frame. But that's a guy. And then the other one, Jire Hill you mentioned there's just always a guy like that that's just kind of slightly under the radar but looks the part and I, I think Jair Hill so those are the two I'd go with Michael you got one well I'm just going to piggyback boringly piggyback I think Jair Hill is the obvious answer I, I was over here thinking you know I, I and maybe I'm overlooking this freshman class a little bit but I, I've been focusing a lot on the sophomores on this team that are going to take a leap. And so, you know, we're looking at Omari and Walker. We're looking at uh, Tyler Morris and Darius Clemens. You know, those guys like that are a little more interesting. And, and we're just so loaded and top heavy with returning talent that it's going to be hard for freshmen to get on the field. It's it's yeah. going to be very difficult. Like Eno Etta is another name to watch as a pass rusher, see if he can emerge this season. And uh, completely unrelated to actual playing, Jared, we have to be Samaj Bridgman fans, the uh, freshman linebacker coming in. The high school he went to, as fans of The Mummy, we're really going to appreciate this. It's the Imhotep Institute. That was his high school name. Emotep. <laughs> I'm, here for it. I'm absolutely here for this Bridgman love. Yeah, we've loved players for less ridiculous reasons than that. Uh, did we kind of bury the lead, though? Adam Samaha could end up being the by far the most impactful freshman as a kicker. And uh, Andy put out his awesome 15 fears articles. After rewatching the Michigan State game, that is my new number one fear. I think we're going to lose a game because of not having Jake Moody, unless one of these guys hits. So, like, if Adam Samaha hits and is ready to go as a freshman, I think that's just an under-discussed, like, thing, a factor of 2023. Like, we need somebody to hit. Yeah, I think that the 34-yard the line is is no longer a field goal attempt. I think, you know, fourth down from the 34, I, it's one of the reasons I, I went so high with my touchdown predictions is I think that it, it, it's just balls to the wall, all or nothing to the end zone for this team, unless Adam Samaha's, you know, he comes out here and he's kicking 50-yard field goals from the get-go. He's consistent. He's accurate. Uh, fingers crossed that's what that's what happens, but you don't really want to put the game on a freshman no matter what position he's in. And so I think what we'll see is Michigan go for it a little bit more often. 
Yeah, I mean, we still have Tommy Doman around who had at least two extra points. So he's at least kicked in the Michigan uniform and actually in game. So that's somebody there to figure out. But it's been such a luxury the last few years having Jake Moody that we are so quick to forget the pain of Quinn Nordine kicking balls to Canada and in the stands, all his victims he hit with those stray balls. Like, I still pray about them frequently. Like, it was just Kenny Allen blowing two or three kicks against Wisconsin. Like, we all know the pain and, like, how much special teams will play a role. So I think we can't understate, like, how important Samaha coming in and potentially taking that job right off the bat or Tommy Doman winning out in camp. Yeah, and it's just not a position you see a true freshman come in and really excel at that often. It's such a mental game. And to come in at 18 years old, fresh off your prom, and be like, yeah, no problem. Uh, Penn State, under the lights for the game. I got this from 38 yards. Like, that's asking a lot. I don't know that I would be able to do that. And I'm, I'm an old man at this point. You'd probably have to, like, shoot some Jack Daniels into me, and I calm down, might be able to go out there and perform. But I don't know if Samaha's got that option. So that's another one to keep an eye on. Uh, I just don't see anybody else looking down this that it's like who are you going to overtake you mentioned Eno Etta like you coming in for Mason Graham minutes I don't know about that you know <laughs> well I think he's going to be more on the outside so he could come in there rotationally he could you know jump uh your favorite player Braden McGregor you never know what's going to happen on the outside there he might he finally is. reach his potential but that room is just such a coin flip like if a, a freshman defensive end comes in and earns those minutes I mean a la uh, Yabioki transfers in, gets minutes. Derek Moore comes in, gets minutes. So it just could be somebody like that that it's not even on our radar, really. I mean, Keyshawn Bennett in the interior, like, could he flash there? Could TJ Guy finally get There's just so many question marks at certain positions, especially as it applies to the depth. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch, see who uh, comes out of this. We are going to keep all of these stats locked away in a vault buried under the earth for 365 days. We will revisit this next year, and if you're up for it, you can come back next year. We can look at our predictions, see how we did, and we'll do it all over again, brother. This was a ton of fun. Uh, where can we get your work? Where can we hear your podcast? You got anything coming out you want to you wanna plug? Yeah, absolutely. First off, thank you guys so much for having me. I, I legitimately mean it when I say this is like my favorite Michigan sports podcast. You guys do an amazing job. You're hilarious. You're uh, informative. You, you, you have great guests and interviews. So thank you for letting me be a part of this. Um, for all of your listeners, when you guys are done listening to this podcast and you're looking for new material, check out the Big House Bleachers podcast. My guy, who's also with Maze and Brew, does a little work with you guys. Matt Hartwell and I do the Big House Bleachers podcast. It's a lot of fun. And then uh, head on over to wolverinechronicle.com, and you can find all my social and everything from there. Awesome, my man. This was a ton of fun. Thank you for the kind words. Thank you for your insight. Thank you for being on the all-handsome team. It's like Trevor Keegan and then you. And then I don't know, then there's like a, there, there's a layer, there's a gap and then there's some other guys <laughs> there, but uh, we really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for coming on. You are always welcome here. Make sure you go check out his podcast and uh, yeah, we'll see you next time, brother. Go blue. All right, that's going to do it for Out of the Blue. Make sure you like, share, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That would be Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere podcasts are available. Leave us a five-star review if you're feeling up to it. Make sure that you're subscribed as we will be moving over to the Fan First Sports Network. I'm Jared. That's Andy. This is Out of the Blue. We'd like to remind you that wherever you go, go blue. Go blue.